What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, it's a grim day in America. 21 people, 19 children dead down in Texas. A grim, grim, grim day. Is this going to be finally the time that Republicans turn against the NRA's money? We got a lot to talk about today. And this theme is probably going to run through the entire show. And I welcome your calls and your thoughts on all this. I'm going to open with my rant about you know, guns and gun control. Many of you are very familiar with it, but I'll share here in, in a few moments. Also, Ruth Ben-Ghiat, the expert on authoritarianism and basically Nazism. She's written a number of books. She's a college professor and, you know, specializes in this topic. She just came out and said that in her newsletter this morning, it's lucid.substack.com, uh, said that she believes that the Republican Party actually welcomes these school shootings they like this because it sets America up to be an authoritarian society. It frightens people, and so they're more willing to say to the authoritarians in government, to the, to the Ted Cruz's and Donald Trump's, okay, you take over. You know, you, you guys know what you're doing. You just, you know, strong men. Yes, we want strong men. We'll get to that in a moment. Also, Republicans' sick and twisted excuse for gun shootings that you'll hear over at Fox News. I'll share that with you. Professor Richard Wolf is going to drop by. I want to ask him, what is the economic cost of guns and mass shootings to our society? And, dear GOP, there is no redemption from hell for what you've done. Here's a reminder of what those top GOPers who have sold out America and its children for big bucks. I'll be sharing with you who's getting the money from the NRA and how much. It's pretty startling. We'll get into that. But I wanted to start with, you know, my rant today over my, my daily take today over at HartmanReport.com. Will this finally be the time Republicans turn against the NRA's money? I mean, President Biden is right. I hope you had an opportunity to watch his speech yesterday. If you haven't, it's, it's worth going to YouTube and finding the whole thing. It was, I don't know, eight, ten minutes, something like that. It brought me to tears. And it takes a lot to bring me to tears. I, I just... You know, this, he, he so understands the grief these parents are experiencing, having lost his own daughter as a child and his wife and his son as an adult. And 
he came right out and said, when are we going to take on the gun lobby? This is all about the gun lobby in the United States. And of course, it's all, it's all about the gun lobby because it's all about the Supreme Court having changed the rules of the game with the Bilotti decision, the, the Buckley decision, the Citizens United decision saying that, hey, it's just fine. If an industry wants to own politicians, they can do that. You know, back in 1996, in a little island off the coast of Australia, Tasmania, it's part of Australia, there was a, a mass shooting. Over 30 people were massacred by a guy with, with an AR, an AK-47, as I recall, you know, an, an assault weapon. And Australia said, whoa. Now, this was like the fourth or fifth mass shooting they had had in, in the previous five or six years. And their Supreme Court had not ruled that the gun industry in Australia could own politicians. In fact, quite the opposite. You can go to prison for, for, in Australia for corruption if you take money from an industry and vote there, you know, if you trade money for votes, which is perfectly legal here in the United States, thanks to the Supreme Court. Now, I shouldn't say thanks to the Supreme Court. Thanks to five Republicans on the Supreme Court. Let's be very clear about where all this is coming from. Democrats have been trying to get reasonable gun control in the United States for 40 years. It's always been opposed by Republicans. Yes, there are a few Democrats who are in the pockets of the gun industry, too. Their numbers are shrinking. But it's the Republicans who are blocking this every single time. So anyhow, Australia said enough, and they, put in, they, they outlawed a whole bunch of different kinds of weapons. They tightened up their, their uh, concealed carry laws. They did a nationwide buyback program where they bought back hundreds of thousands of guns at full retail. So, you know, nobody was hurt by losing their guns, financially anyway. And the people, and people in Australia were enthusiastic to do it. And guess what? It pretty much ended mass shootings in Australia. There have been a couple since then, but that, you know, it's, it wasn't like anything like they had before. Here in the United States, the states that have the loosest gun laws have the highest rates of gun homicides and suicides, the highest rates of gun deaths. It's very simple. The more guns there are, the more gun deaths there are going to be. Guns are a product that is, that is manufactured for only one, one purpose, or at least these weapons of war, like this kid used in, in, uh, in Texas yesterday to shoot up a classroom. That and, and the pistols, by and large, that, that are also used, or the semi-automatic pistols, they're designed to kill human beings. That's what they're designed for. Yeah, there are, you know, hunting rifles and, you know, blunderbusses to go after elephants and deer rifles, and I get all that. But those are not the weapons that are being used in these mass shootings. The ones that are being used in these mass shootings are the ones that were, by and large, banned from 1996 to 2006, after Bill Clinton got through the assault weapons ban and George Bush let it lapse in 2006. They are weapons of war. Over at Daily Co's, uh, well actually it's, it's uh, from the, the Brady Project. Uh, they're, they're listing all the money that all the politicians have taken. As I mentioned, I'll go through the whole list in a couple of hours, but just to give you a sample, Mitt Romney's at the top. He, he's taken over $13 million from the gun industry. Richard Burr, the senator from, I think, North Carolina, I'm pretty sure, maybe South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. 
He's taken $6 million from the gun industry. They're at the top of the list. We have been through this over and over and over again in America. Is this going to be our Tasmania moment? You know, there was the, the, the mass shooting in Tasmania that woke up the Australians. Or is this just, are we just going to be back to normal in three or four days? We had a mass shooting last week that was racially motivated. We have a mass shooting this time that was, you know, another kid committing suicide and going out in a blaze of glory. In his own mind, of course. And Friday, Donald Trump is going to speak at the NRA in Texas, 300 miles from where this shooting just happened. And Ted Cruz and Christy Nome, the governor from, from uh, what, South Dakota, who wants to be president someday, at the NRA's celebration of gun rights in America. But you know what? There will be no guns in the hall because the NRA does not allow people to carry guns into their parties. 20 years ago, car accidents were the leading killer of children in the United States. Today, it's guns. There are so many things that we could do about this. We could start out by, by putting back into place the assault weapons ban and buying back these weapons out of our society. Semi-automatic pistols, semi-automatic rifles that are not designed for hunting. Number one. Number two, universal background checks. There's legislation that's passed the House of Representatives. The Democrats passed it. It's being blocked by a filibuster in the United States Senate. The other thing that I, you know, I've been saying for years is why don't we treat guns like cars? You have a right to drive a car, but it's not an unlimited right. Your car has to be registered with the government. That registration has to be renewed every year or every two years, depending on the state you live in. So if anything, you know, if, if the car is stolen or if the car is used in a crime, we know who owned it. You have to have, you have to prove that you are proficient at driving and that you know the laws with regard to driving with a written test and a, and a, and a driving test to get a driver's license. And you have to have liability insurance. We could do these with guns. The Second Amendment doesn't prohibit any of those things. In fact, the word regulated only appears in the Constitution one time, and that's in the Second Amendment. I mean, we've lived in, we have lived with these rules for driving for cars for 100 years, and what has it done? It's made it safer. The only city in America that's taken this seriously is San Jose, California. Uh, last year, they put into, into law liability insurance requirement for people who have guns in the city. The researchers who are trying to figure out, you know, what the dimensions of gun violence in the United States are so limited ever since 1996 because of the Dickey Amendment that the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and other research agencies literally cannot search a digital database of gun deaths and gun shootings in the United States because it's against the law. Everything has to be written down on paper. This is how insane it is here in the United States, thanks to Republicans in Congress and a few Democrats, I'll give you that taking millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, $15 million just this year 
that the gun industry, the, the lobbyists for the gun industry have spent. What are we going to do about this? When are we going to do something about this? Steve Dettelback is uh, uh, Biden's nominee for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He's going to appear before the Judiciary Committee in the Senate today. Republicans are blocking him because they say he's a fan of gun control. Oh, my God. I mean, this is, this is just nuts. The California Senate just passed a law like the uh, Texas abortion law where you can uh, go after people who sell ghost guns. It's a start. But, you know, one month after the Sandy Hook shooting, a record two million guns were sold. This mass shooting, it's going to increase gun sales in the United States. Smith & Wesson stock is up 1% this morning. Amazing. Let's talk about this. I have to share Ruth Ben-Ghiat's uh, piece with you on the other side of this break, and then I'll pick up your phone calls. So why don't we just regulate guns the way that, you know, we can't regulate guns, right? The, the Supreme Court has not forbidden us from regulating guns, uh, although they may. I mean, there's a, there is a Supreme Court decision on guns that will be coming down in the next month that may blow up New York State's law, New York State's gun control laws. But for the moment, why don't we regulate guns like we regulate abortion? When you go in to buy a gun, you've got to watch a movie showing, you know, the death and destruction, the carnage. Why don't we allow, you know, there, when uh, Stoneman Douglas, when that massacre happened, there were parents who were saying, and kids, who, you know, the, the hashtag, show my picture. There were parents who were saying, the, 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 these gruesome, bloody pictures of my child, you may publicize them. No media in America would do it. It was the leaking of the photos of the victims in Australia that led to that nationwide revulsion that led to their change, their change in their gun laws. So why don't we do this like abortion, right? There's only one gun store in the state. You got to travel to that gun store. You got to wait three days from the time you, you show up and you apply to buy the gun and you come back three days later. You get a wand stuck up your butt just for the hell of it. You have to watch a, a movie. You have, to, you have to show that you have been counseled by your pastor and your spouse, or that you have the permission of your spouse. Or is, it, is Ruth Ben-Ghiat right that really what's going on here is that the Republicans actually want there to be mass school shootings because that will lead to an, a more authoritarian America. More people will say, yes, we, we need, we need a, a strong man in charge. She said, she writes in her newsletter today, as an expert on authoritarianism, I see Republican complicity in transforming public schools into death traps as part of a deliberate strategy to create an atmosphere of fear and suspicion conducive to survivalist mentalities and support for illiberal politics. Republicans know that the chaos and trauma created by school shootings is an efficient way of destabilizing communities and societies. Seeing gun violence through the lens of authoritarianism helps us to understand the big picture. Is this why Republicans are celebrating the NRA this weekend? 
because they like slaughter in our society, because it will lead to more heavily armed police and more prisons and more and, you know, more tough, tough laws. Seriously. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity and what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sandra in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Sandra, thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's up? Hi, I just was wanting to comment on all this. I've basically reached that point where I'm done, done with all of it. And I want to encourage and will do everything I can to encourage every single voter to vote straight ticket Democratic for the next decade and eventually oust every gun lobbyist nut job out there so that there is never anyone in a position of power ever again. And maybe, just maybe, we can start to get something done. But until then, uh, we have to vote. Vote in the primaries, vote in the, the general election in November. Do whatever you can to put Democrats in power and stop this. Yeah. I'm done with it. Done yeah. with it. Me too. Me too. I, I was a long time ago, but I, I it's just... You know, thank God the media this time is is showing the victims. Uh, you know, I've I've been pointing out over and over again over the years that that massacre in 1996 in Tasmania in Australia, um, the thing that provoked the Australian public was that a newspaper leaked the pictures of the people who had been shot, the yeah. bloody pictures. They need they need to require 
Tucker and Hannity and all of those people, they need to drag their bodies over to that school and make them clean up the mess. They need to make them see what their opinions do to children. Yeah. They need to see it firsthand, and they need to be explaining to the parents why they think that way. That's the only thing that's going to sink into them and to others of their ilk. And the parents who are willing to, like Emmett Till's mother, allow their children, the, pic the pictures yeah. of their bloody children to be publicized, should be yeah. allowed to do so. Our, our, you know, there are parents. They, when this happened, when, Stone, when the Stoneman Douglas massacre happened, there were several parents who came out, and a whole bunch of kids. I mean, there was that ta hashtag, that trending hashtag, you know, show my picture. If I'm shot, yeah. show my picture. And there were parents who were saying, I am willing to allow the pictures of my dead child to be publicized if it's going to help. And the it's media the in America was like, will. oh, no, we can't do that. We don't show pictures of dead oh, no. people. And uh, yeah, you know, well, they need it, to start. It's like we're all in friggin' denial here, Sandra. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just incredible. They need to see what their actions and their votes result in and then vote differently. Yeah. Do it right now. We're in primary season right now. But no more Republicans. I'm done with them. Yeah. You are in Omaha, Nebraska, which is a, yeah. a, a red state. It's a fully red state. Yeah. Yes. So, so tell me, what are, the, what are the politics of guns like in Nebraska? Pretty much the same as all over anywhere a red state is. It's, oh, it's my right. It's my right. No, your right stops at the point where someone else can be hurt. You want a darn gun? You can get it registered just like you would getting a driver's license. You can take mental health testing to prove you are fit. You can take re exams to prove that you know how to handle it and how to keep it locked up. I want so many rules and regulations that they're going to sigh every time that they know their gun is making them have to do something other than kill someone. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we should do it like we do with abortion, right? It, you, there's a, a yeah. three-day waiting period. You get a yeah. wand stuck up your butt. Um, you know, right. you've, you've got to watch a video of, of uh, the carnage that happens. Uh, you know, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Sandra, exactly. thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. John in Westchester, New York. It says you disagreed with me here, so you go to the front of the line. John, what's up? Hey, Tom. How are you? I hope you're the best. I'm you fine. Had a beautiful day today. Yeah, what's up? Um, I, I disagree to the point where, I mean, to put any context into, if you can, I mean, this kid, for 18 years old, 10 years ago, they were fed a healthy diet of social media and manipulated to a certain extent, and we know that from, from any text, anything that come out of Facebook and stuff like that. And then you had COVID, which to a bully, uh, to, be, to being bullied a child like that or anyone, it seemed to be like the great equalizer, and everybody, everybody's head was on the table. Everybody had a, had a skin in the game. When it didn't happen, unfortunately, some people are a little disappointed, you know, saying, and, you know, the point we're living in now is unprecedented. The, the stresses that people are dealing with are unprecedented, and there, there's never been, I've never experienced anything like this. So you don't think the shooting is because there's too many guns, you think it's because of a mental health crisis. Let me just share some numbers with you here. This is from uh, worldpopulationreview.com slash country-rankings slash school shootings by country. Okay, you can Google it. There's also a post over at democraticunderground.com that can lead you to it. Because every country in the world has had COVID. Every country in the world has mentally ill kids. 
Most countries in the world have some access to guns, but none of them like us. The average of all countries in the world is 9.8 guns per 100 civilians. Here in the United States, we have 120.5 guns per 100 civilians. Yemen, which is the number two country behind us, comes in second of 52 guns per 100 civilians. Afghanistan and Iraq average 20 guns per 100 civilians, number one. Number two, when you look at school shootings around the world, these are school shootings just for 2022, just for this year. There were eight in Mexico this year. There were six in South Africa. There were five in India. There were four in Nigeria and Pakistan. There were three in Afghanistan. There were two in Canada, two in France, two in Brazil, one in Estonia, Hungary, Azerbaijan, Greece, Kenya, and Germany. There were 288 in the United States. Now, we don't have any more or fewer mentally ill young people or, you know, COVID than any of those countries. Why is it that we had 288 school shootings and these countries, I mean, India has three times the population in the United States. They had five. So, but I still, I still really think there's a mental health issue in this country okay, then, that then, needs to then, be then, acknowledged. Then, uh, okay, I get it, John. I'm going to end the conversation right there then, because you're, you're taking the same tune that Ronnie Jackson is. You know, Donald Trump's personal doctor, Dr. Feelgood, they called him in the White House because he'd pass out pills to anybody. He's now a congressman from Texas. And he says, when I grew up, things were different. I just think kids are exposed to all kinds of horrible stuff nowadays. In other words, it's the social media and it's the, it's the society. I've heard that BS from the NRA now for my whole entire life, and it's a friggin' lie. Mario in Houston, Texas. Hey, Mario, what's on your mind today? Yes, Tom. How are you? I'm well. What's uh, up? Listen, uh, one simple, simple thing. Uh, why don't we extend the uh, revoking of guns, not just to felonies, but misdemeanors. Uh, here in Texas, everybody claims that they're law-abiding citizens and that gives them the right to own guns. Why don't we hold them accountable to that? And if they break the law by speeding, by public intoxication, by VWI, by, their guns will be revoked. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying this should be permanent. Now, right now in Texas, if you if you commit a felony, you can no longer vote, but you can still own a gun in Texas, can't you? I thought that the concealed carry. No, I think I think this been. Uh, well, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that throughout the United States, most of the states, they revoke the privilege of right, owning guns. Right. Okay, well, I, I, I get it, Mario. It's a, it's a good idea. I want to get a, a you know, number of calls in here, so I'm going to move along. But thank you, Mario. Uh, yeah, extend no guns to misdemeanors. It's a start. Maverick in Edmonds, Washington. Hey, Maverick, what's up? I'm not going to swear on thank your you. show, but dog damn it, I want to. Yeah, I get it. I, I am sick since, since yesterday afternoon, and I listen to the news all day because I'm in my truck. I listen to your show, and... Uh, I am sick at heart. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this happening again and again and again. And if, if you said, when are we going to return to normal, I think you said a little while ago, this is normal, damn it. This is normal. This is the states of America. This is where you have more guns than people. You have more access to guns than anywhere else in the world. And every damn day, I'm driving in traffic here in Seattle, and I see on the back of some jerk's pickup truck a picture of an assault weapon like it's a symbol of his manhood or his patriotism. It makes me sick. I hate it. I, I wish I could go somewhere else. 
but I got family here, and I, I'm, I'm not going to leave them. And if you think you see somebody with one of these stickers on their car, you know, I, all I can think of is that this is you are part of the problem. Nobody needs one of these guns. I got some pistols. I like to target shoot at cans and paper plates out in the woods a couple of times a year. But I will not own one of these weapons of war. I got friends who own them, and they know that I don't like them. And every time I tell them about what's, why I think that they don't, we don't need them here, nobody has come up with a, with a decent reason why they should have them other than that they're right. Well, I'll well, tell you what. The people... Who, the people, the citizens of this country have a right to not be shot. They have a right to not worry about being shot. And the problem is, it's too late to do anything about it. Because everybody is under such stress. Your previous caller talked about mental illness. Well, you know what? He might be onto something. Because people are under so much stress in the last 45 years or so. With, with they're, they're making less money. They're working harder. Their votes don't count because we've got people in office that, that don't vote the way the people want them to vote and don't vote for things that are popular. It's like putting a stick in front of your face and bending it. You can feel the tension in the air. I'm only 57 years old, but I've felt this tension building for decades now. I'm sick and tired of it, and yeah, I'm angry and I'm hurt. And every one of those little kids that got blown to bits, and they didn't just get shot in a little red spots in front of their on their shirts. They got blown to bits. Their classmates have parts of their friends on them. These photographs need to be publicized so that people are not insulated from the disgusting reality of what's happening on a daily basis in this country. Well said, Maverick. Well said. Thank you very much. Thanks. Tim in Aloha, Oregon. Hey, Tim, what's up? Yeah, you know, I, I discussed uh, a lot of the stuff you've been going on while I was on hold. I discussed with a young lady that uh, interviewed me. It's a, it's a very it's a very simple solution to this, this situation. What you have is you have the Republican hierarchy, whether it's you know Rupert Murdoch, Coke Industries, or the Mercers. Every time something like this happens, all it does is shore up their guns, gods, and gay base. That's what they're looking forward to. And in the background, they're probably cheering about the kind of stock they have that sells guns and ammunition, which you pointed out. And I said that to your young lady who interviewed me. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, something as simple as the Second Amendment, you know, a well-regulated militia, that, that, our, that amendment was put together, you know, a couple hundred years ago in order for a, a different society. It should have been changed or adapted as we progressed, you know. That was written 50 so, years before bullets were invented, first right, of all. Exactly. And secondly, it had nothing to do with personal protection or, exactly, or, or right. overthrowing a, a tyrannical government, which is the, yeah. I mean, this is the latest thing that the Republicans are spreading around, is that the Second right. Amendment's there so that we can we can shoot our, our elected officials if they don't do their jobs right. And no Nobody at the Constitutional Convention. I have read Madison's notes right. on the Constitutional Convention. Nobody brought that up. Nobody yeah. talked about that in the Federalist Papers, which I have read. No, there is no discussion by any of the founders, of the, of the people who were seriously involved in putting together our Constitution, that even remotely suggests that the Second Amendment was so that we could take down our government if it ever became tyrannical. Exactly. But that's the justification that these Republicans are using for continuing to sell these weapons of war in the United States. And, 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 it, and it's very simple. You know, you, I, I've lived in the same community for 32 years, and I discussed this with you one other time. There's a teacher. Uh, this is a teacher in Aloha, Oregon, a suburb of Portland, 
who uh, I got to know as, as a neighbor down the street, and we started talking politics one day. She said the solution to getting rid of the Democrats is more guns and ammunition. So that's the mentality of a teacher in this community. Can you imagine the Marjorie Taylor Greene supporters and going to Amite, Mississippi and stuff? What do you think those conversations are like? Yeah. Every time they see something like this, <clears throat> they're drooling because they know that it's going to help the Republicans get back into office, and that's what they're looking forward for the you know the, the November elections. So they're going to continue. I think to play we might game. have reached the point, though, Tim, where this is going to blow up in their faces. I don't know. I, I would certainly hope so, but I, you know, the thing about not being sure about how they're going to react. I have I'm never heard sure. a speech like Biden's speech yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I did. And you know, I've, I've been a progressive Democrat my whole life. I'm from a military family. I understand how society works. I was in sales and marketing for 40 years, so I know the the, the game, how it's, yeah. how it's played. But you have to. We live in a society now where we're more in, in theory more informed. Visit. I, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Thank you. Audio and video archives. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's up? Yeah, Tom, just FYI, there was a mass shooting before Charles Whitman's August 1st, 1966. Uh, I learned this in a debate with a with a gun nut, but... Um, it was in 1949 when Howard Enrue went on a shooting spree in Candace, New Jersey, with uh, apparently his military Luger pistol uh, and shot 13 people. Uh, but those are the only two. That was 17 years before. But since the 1933 Firearms Act, those were the only two until what we now consider our modern What era. do you think about my, my thought, Paul, that we can lay a lot of this at the feet of the Supreme Court? It, it, prior to essentially the modern era, the, the, you know, the post-Reagan era, it was in 1978 when the Supreme Court ruled that individual corporations could own politicians and, and pour unlimited money into their coffers and, and require them to vote and, and introduce legislation on their behalf. And, and two years later, as far as I can tell, that's when the NRA 
made a radical change from being a sportsman's organization to being the front organization for the weapons industry and started buying politicians, Republicans and Democrats, mostly Republicans. And, and I think that, that that Supreme Court decision brought us this moment, not to mention uh, Heller, of course. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and McDonald. Uh, that right. Heller paved the way for McDonald two years later, yep. um, uh, making it basically stealing states' rights to regulate the severely regulate uh, firearms. But yeah, the Supreme Court has basically uh, endowed the NRA as a terrorist organization that can fund politicians. And this is terrorism. And so just let me, I, first I want to debunk the mental health, uh, the mental health theory. This is a bunch of crap. And I say to all Republicans like Senator Tommy Tuberville, Coach Tuberville, as he identifies himself on his U.S. Senator line. I'm Hi, thanks. I'm, this is Coach Tuberville. Um, that I said to him, where's your damn bill? Okay, it's mental health. Where's your mental health bill? You know, if we're going to accept your premises, then do something about it. Right. But the fact of the matter is that's just an excuse because it really isn't. First of all, it's not mental health. And here's it is guns. If you accept the fact that mental health is equally distributed across the society and about one in three people owns a gun, then really about one in three of mentally ill people own a gun. So two-thirds of the mentally ill people are not committing murder with guns. So, so it's, it's, not, it's not mental illness. The other right. thing is, it was it, even if it were mental illness, what does that mean? The law doesn't, doesn't uh, give you a break for being mentally ill. And well, what that would mean also, Paul, if I could interject very quickly, is that it would mean that there's more mentally ill people in the red states because the states with the, the loosest gun laws are the ones that have the highest rates of gun deaths. Undoubtedly. <laughs> that's, maybe that's where they gravitate. This, this is really simple. You get more guns, you get more gun deaths. I mean, it's, 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 this, I, I don't understand why people can't figure this out. I mean, if, if you live in a place where there's rattlesnakes, you're going to occasionally have snake bite. But this is also mental illness bashing. Mental illness is not inherently violent and dangerous. No. And, and if you've ever taken an abnormal psychology class, which I have, um, most of these murders are not considered to be abnormal. There are abnormal murders, which uh, the professor that I had would, would talk about. But he said, I mean, he's testified about whether a, a particular suspect was, had abnormal psychology or, or his murders. He said most of them that he testified were not based in abnormality. These were just murders. And whether you have a mental illness doesn't make your, your murder abnormal. The other thing is this we go back to they gotta arm you gotta arm the teachers. You know what, Tom? I'm for arming the damn kids. They're the ones you're being shot at. If you're gonna be that stupid that we need more guns in schools, then arm the kids. This is just so Well this school stupid. had an armed guard. The kids killed yeah, him. Yeah and yeah, it's exactly right. It's, it's, that's not the the that's guard would have had to have a, a fortified, barricaded machine gun nest to take out this kid. Well, yeah, that's the point. So, but here's the solution, and it has to be on a state-by-state -state basis, is the Supreme Court cannot do a damn thing about having a whole pile of civil liability laws. And one of them you could have, and I don't think the court could do anything about, is you could have a 30-day liability on the seller. Not the manufacturer, on the seller, that if, you, if the gun you sell within 30 days is, is used in a murder, you can, be, you can be held liable. And you can be, and you know what? We'll say that the seller can go ahead and release that gun in 30 days, but if you do, 
you are you can be held liable, or you can make it seven days. I don't care. But you put these kids, these last two murders, um, they they both have bought these guns within. They murdered the people within within a couple of days. Yeah. You know, and if they're going, by the way, if they're going to arm the schools, I think we need to arm the supermarkets too because last week's murder. But you know what? Here's the other thing. It was just a couple of weeks ago in Gig Harbor, Washington, where an armed shopper at a supermarket shot another shopper because he thought he was stealing. So he shot him. I mean, this is just crazy that more this this they go right back to the more guns is the answer and it's a good guy with a gun and I'm sorry that's just never they don't have any evidence to show that that is true. Yeah, it's 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 complete BS. It, it is uh, it's horse crap. Paul, thank you. Thank you. Excellent rant. Uh, we'll be back. We'll continue this conversation. Professor Wolf is going to drop by our one guest for the day. He, he will be with us. We're going to talk about the economics of guns, and then we'll get back to these conversations. I'll be picking up your calls. I've got a few other stories to share with you along these lines. Welcome back to the program. On the line with us, our old buddy, Professor Richard Wolf, the economist, co-founder of democracyatwork.info, author of numerous books. His latest, The Sickness Is the System, When Capitalism Fails to Save Us from Pandemics or Itself. Prof. Wolf with two F's uh, on Twitter. Professor Wolf, welcome back. I'm, I'm wondering if you could speak today as an economist to the economic cost of guns in our society and, uh, and the consequences, you know, the, the, the economic consequences of this, this crisis, this gun death crisis that we're experiencing. Well, there are really many dimensions of it. Um, the one that is on my mind these days, which may also interest your audience, are the statistics about how much money is spent on political donations and lobbying uh, by the NRA and a variety of pro-gun groups, uh, as opposed to those that are opposed to it. And the reason I I look at it, and recent numbers are very, very clear, the BBC uh, very recently, because of the disaster in Texas, uh, has a very nice chart out in which it shows how much more money is spent on the pro-gun side of the lobbying ledger than on the other side, which makes you again have to say that sad remark that we have the best uh, government money can buy, because obviously the polling is nothing like that. The majority still wants there to be more gun control, not less. And yet the people who make the decisions are swayed by where the money comes in and, and it's sort of a, a, a visible, endless uh, sign of something that has enormous economic consequences, namely that people believe that the government has really nothing to do with them. It, it is a d- specialized group of people who are uh, talking to each other most of the time, uh, hobnobbing with lobbyists and the vested interests, and do what those interests pay them to do, and then run elections where the same interests allow them to cover the election uh, event with whatever PR they have to buy. And this is a system in which the depolitization of our population is deep over and over again. I mean, you know, in in Ukraine, we are delivering weapons at enormous cost. Uh, But when people are killed in a school, uh, we offer prayer as as what our leaders mostly do. The dichotomy 
even if it isn't acknowledged explicitly, has to be going on in everyone's mind as a kind of visible statement that the people in charge are, are marching to a very different drum than the rest of us. So uh, Ruth Ben-Ghiad, who is uh, literally a world-famous expert on authoritarianism, uh, argues that what we have right now with all these mass shootings, all this slaughter, is exactly what authoritarians want. They, they're, they're, the, the goal is to disrupt society. Part of that disruption is economic, and we've been watching that since the 80s when Ronald Reagan decided he was gonna take down the middle class. Um, and, and, and part of it is these mass shootings, to disrupt society to the point where people have lost all faith in the political system, and they throw up their hands and they say, okay, bring in the strong men. Uh, you know, bring in the, the American version of, of, of Putin or Erdogan or, uh, you know, Orban. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I mean, you're, 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 you're venting on the population a series of deepening problems and side by side, you illustrate that the political class to whom you would normally turn to expect some sort of management of all of this is so busy doing things most people don't need or want that you have this sense of being lost. I mean, I'm an economist, so let me tell you, you've just put the American people through the worst crash since the Great Depression, 2020-21, at the same time, the catastrophe of, of COVID and the demonstration that we as a society can't handle these kinds of public health crises, then you hit them with an inflation, and now we are anticipating at the end of this year or next year, and we're already feeling it, a recession to cope with the inflation that came. This is a society whose economic conditions, which affect us every day, are clearly out of control, and we don't see any kind of solution. And then you add the catastrophe of these shootings, and yes, you are priming your people to turn in desperation somewhere to someone who, however fantastically, offers a way out because the political apparatus has demonstrated it offers nothing unless you can pay for it in the immediate present. Right. We have an industry here, the weapons industry in the United States, that has, um, uh, you know, the military-industrial complex certainly learned to play the game of owning politicians and getting them to dance to their tune. Um, and, and, and now, uh, well, uh, largely since the early 1980s, uh, since the Supreme Court legalized the ownership of politicians by specific industries with their Boston versus Bellotti decision in 78, um, has been acquired, shall we say. Uh, so many of these politicians, virtually the entire Republican Party and a meaningful chunk of the Democratic Party, have been acquired by the weapons industry uh, via the National Rifle Association. Is, is, do you see an economic consequence to that, broadly speaking, or, or do you think that the consequence is just, you know, uh, all these dead, dead people? I mean, we, we, this is, we, we've had over 200 school shootings so far this year, according to the World Statistic, uh, World, World is, uh, what's the website here? Uh, here it is, right here. Uh, worldpopulationreview.com. They, they've compiled this 288 school shootings in the United States. The, the country that has the next highest number is Mexico with eight 
so far this year. Um, yeah. it, it, uh, what, is that just an, an, an anecdote and a tragedy for those families, or is there a larger economic meaning to that or consequence to that? Yeah, you know, I, I think in the long run, and history bears me out, as at least as well as I can read the history, this is not a happy process. It, it is not going to only work out that everybody goes home, uh, focuses on the TV show that they're looking forward to, and kind of pretends that it all is over there. This is intruding on people's lives. And in the end, there will be the kind of explosion that will be wrongly called senseless, if I might. You know, the word senseless is used now with these shootings. But I don't think it's senseless. I think it's sensible. I think we can look both at the individuals and at the social conditions uh, to explain why these things happen and why they happen in this country way more than in other countries like Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're watching a process of alienation that will eventually lead to social conflicts that will make what we're suffering now look like the good old days and that has happened before, and we will be fooling ourselves as a nation if we simply think that people are going to absorb and live with this. Yeah, um, I, I get it. Professor Richard Wolf, uh, Democracy at, uh, at Work.info is the website, and, uh, and the book, of course, is The Sickness is the System. Uh, Professor Wolf, thank you for dropping by today. Thank you, Tom. Always great talking with you. We'll be right back. We'll continue our conversation about guns in America right after this. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, so what are they saying about this over on the uh, the right? You know, there's this newsletter, the writing that I get every day in my email box, or almost every day. Uh, you can you can get a copy of it. Uh, it's free, no ads or anything. It's it's amazing. I don't I don't know this guy's economic model, but <laughs> thewriting.com, r-i-g-h-t-i-n-g.com. And uh, here's let's see, the Federalist, the headline: Sandy Hook pro proved the need to enhance K through 12 security. Here it comes, folks. It's all the fault of the schools. Right, okay. This is, this is what they wrote. Ten years ago, the deadly Connecticut massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School, wherein a gunman killed 26 people, including 20 children, proved the need to secure U.S. K-12 institutions. Around noon on Tuesday, a similar tragedy was repeated after a decade of failing to protect American schools and deal with Americans' mental health crisis. Congress armed Ukraine instead. Right. It's our mental health crisis. It's our schools are not well armed enough. This kid shot the armed guard for the school. What kind of idiots are writing this stuff? This is the American thinker, the headline, Biden's appalling response to the Texas tragedy. He's not a statesman, a leader, or even a decent human being. He's a political animal of the lowest order. Joe Biden. This one is uh, from Town Hall. Biden turns Texas horror into partisan screed full of bad jokes. During his remarks, 
Biden didn't use the time to honor the victims and their families. Instead, he rehashed old jokes about deer wearing Kevlar and ranted while reading the teleprompter. I just have to conclude these people don't give a damn about our children or about anybody in the United States. I mean, it's not just our kids that are being killed. Laura Ingram, she had a, uh, a right-winger. Yes, there, occasionally a right-winger's kid gets killed in a school. And in this case, it was Andrew Pollack. His daughter, Meadow Pollack, was killed at Stoneman Douglas High School. And he's running around doing the right-wing talking points. And he was on our show last night. And she said, what do you think about this? And he said, and I'm quoting, I'm quoting with ellipses in here. There, you know, I'm not reading everything he said. It's a whole long screed. But I'll just, every single one of these words is what he said on Fox News last night. Quote, it's the parents. It's your responsibility when you're sending your, ch your children to school. You need to check where your kids go to school. You need to go back to school and see. Is there a single point of entry? Do you have guards at the school? And then he talks about how some parents have reached out to say thank you to him. And he said, they thanked me because they listened to me and they took their kids out of public schools. So parents, it's your responsibility where you bring your children. In other words, let's just end public schools. Laura Ingram's response was, Andrew is exactly right. This is how bad it has gotten. Lori in Ocala, Florida. Hey, Lori, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. I'm trying to think of what we can do. Good. Uh, firearms are now the leading cause of death for U.S. children ages 1 through 19. The leading cause of death. Yep. It surpassed car crashes. We know this. President Biden now needs to enact the Defense of Children Production Act. This would immediately limit all sales of any military-style weapons and ammo to the Department of Defense. Full stop. All In other words, only the Department of Defense weapons, can buy them. Period. Right. All existing military-style weapons and ammo must be registered immediately with penalties of prison and fines fine if ignored. The weapons are weapons of war, and it is a war on our children. It's our children. And they should not be collateral damage in the name of keeping Republicans in office. So I say the slippery slope that I just hate that expression now, the slippery slope that the NRA constantly references to keep any regulations from happening. Well, that slippery slope has turned into a landslide with nothing but dead babies at the bottom. Yeah. We need a, depart a defense of Children Production Act. He needs to do it because Congress won't do it. So it's just going so you're, to you're, you're saying that he, yeah, the, the, the Defense Production Act uh, allows the president through executive order to do a lot of things. To the best of my knowledge, there's not much that that uh, Joe Biden can do right now with an executive order, given the Supreme Court decisions that we've had. And and next month, I can almost guarantee you that the Supreme Court is going to strike down New York State's uh, gun control laws. Uh, you, you know, do the, this before that. The, oh, yeah. I, right now. I, I absolutely agree, although maybe those will just get struck down, too. But it's, uh, you know, we've got a real serious problem of political corruption in the United States right now with the gun industry owning the entire Republican Party. And it, it's just it's it's terrible. Lori, thank you for the call. Donna in Decatur, Georgia. Hey, Donna, what's on your mind? Uh, hi, Tom. Um, I, I'm calling because, uh, Tom, I think that we have reached a Mamie Till moment uh, in America. Mamie Till 
uh, was Emmett Till's mother. And when Emmett was killed um, during the Civil Rights Movement, she had his body uh, at his funeral. There was an open casket. Yep. And I think that we have to do something to move Americans past the constitutional argument, the political argument, and, you know, the mental health argument to a human level. And perhaps, as painful as it would be, perhaps if one of those parents, of those dead babies, allowed the pictures to be shown so people see what those weapons do, it might shock us enough. I agree. I agree. Donna, forgive the interruption. We're hitting the break here. But, um, but you know, when the Stoneman Douglas uh, shooting happened, there were parents who were willing to do that and the media wouldn't carry them. It was only Jet Magazine that carried uh, Emma Till's picture. It wasn't wide, you know, it wasn't. And so we've got a media problem here, too. But Donna, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Maybe this time one of these 19 parents will, or one of these 19 families will choose to have an open casket and somebody will take a picture of it and it will get out. Mike in Roswell, Georgia. Hey, Mike, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's up? Hey, Tom, thanks for all you do. Just a bit of breaking news here. Governor Abbott is having a press conference, and then he turned the mic over to that terrible person, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and Beto O'Rourke walks up to the dais and starts talking to him, and uh, they removed him from the room. But anyway, he was there. And uh, Abbott's whole thing is mental health. Yeah, of course. Of course. Like there's no there's no crazy people in Germany, right? There's no crazy people in England. There's no crazy people in Mexico. We get all the school shooters here because all the crazy people are in America because of what? Right. The conservatives that I talk to, that's the one question I ask them. Why nowhere else? Right. And they never have an answer. No. Never it, have an answer. It's real simple. There's 120 guns for every 100 Americans, and most countries have eight guns for every 100 citizens. Most of your developed countries, and many of them are below eight. We are at 120. The country that is just below, the, the number two country is Yemen at 50-something. I mean, even Iraq and Afghanistan are 20 guns per 100 people. You have more guns. You know, If you live in a place where there's a lot of rattlesnakes, you in, have an increased risk of rattlesnake bite. If you live in an area where you've where you got poisonous spiders, you might get bitten by a poisonous spider or a scorpion. If you live in a, in a community that's got a lot of guns, you might get shot. It's just that simple. I mean, this, this is, I don't see how people can't understand the, this most common sense thing. Mike, thank you so much for the call, and thanks for the information about Beto. Mike in Lameda, California. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. Uh, in fairness to rattlesnakes, I think we should observe that the prevalence of rattlesnake bites has a lot more to do with the prevalence of young men who have been consuming ethanol than it does with the prevalence of rattlesnakes. And so <laughs> okay. that, that's an actual statistical fact. I, I believe uh, so. More people get drunk, get snake bit because they're drunk. <laughs> almost all rattlesnake bites are the product of ethanol consumption Amazing. by young men. I didn't know that. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they'll surprise you. Yeah, there you go. Mike, thank you. And welcome back. <laughs> Get back to the right screen here. There you go. We just got this clip of uh, Beto O'Rourke. Uh, you know, the Republican grandiosity of the Texas 
uh, I was going to say intelligentsia. It's kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> but, you know, the, the political royalty of Texas, all Republican, are up on this stage talking about, oh, what a terrible thing that these kids died. And Beto O'Rourke comes up and says, uh, I'd like to say something. Uh, and uh, shall we say all hell broke loose? Uh, there are a few words here. I think they're, they're uh, words that, you, you know, you generally shouldn't say on TV but are okay, but just, you know, kind of trigger warning here. Um, so check this out. And at this time, I will uh, pass the mic to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Excuse uh, me. Here comes Bill. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> sit down. You're out of you're out of line and an embarrassment. Sit down. I do not like this. speak let him speak let him speak so there, you know there you go and and what Beto was saying was and I don't know if you could hear it but because it, it was you know fainter he wasn't close enough to the mic but he was saying um, this is totally predictable what you guys are doing and saying and you're not going to do a damn thing about this you're not going to do anything about it are you and they were like how dare you make a political statement <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Chris in Austin Texas hey Chris what's on your mind Hey, Tom, uh, I tuned in a little late to your show, and but I haven't heard you, you know, you're right about the influence of the gun lobby money. What I haven't heard you mention is the fact that Republicans, especially those with an eye towards the White House in 2024, covet those 74 million votes that Trump got in 20. Right. Uh, the most of any sitting president and the most of any losing candidate. And and I think which is true, by the way, every of every presidential election in history, because our population uh, grows. But uh, continue. I think I think they covet those votes and they're afraid if they speak out against the gun lobby, if they. Yeah. they but Donald Trump used to be in favor control. of gun control. I mean, he used to talk about that when he was a Democrat in New York City. He was all in yeah. favor of gun control. He just changed his tune when he decided he wanted to be president. I don't think those 74 million people are with the Republicans on this gun stuff. I think probably the vast majority, I mean, you, I mean look at the polling. Republicans want common sense gun control. So, Chris, I get your point, but I, I don't think that's really the crisis. Thanks so much for the call, though. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. Get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Be good to yourself and the people around you. 
You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 